Star Techies, my way to the world of technology online talks. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Star Techies, my way to the world of technology. Now, firstly, what is Star Techies all about? Well, these talks are designed to provide an insight into the multitude of career paths available in the field of technology, from DJs, animators, UX designers, even archaeologists. I'm Kristen, and I'm the communications manager at Anishio. And today we have Bjorn Lindbay joining us from Tally2, and he's going to be talking about 5G and what this means. So in terms of both new career offerings for teenagers, society and technology in general. Yes, hi, my name is Bjorn Lindberg, uh, working at Tele2, uh, been doing that since 95, uh, been around in many places around at the company and also around the world or Europe, uh, especially when Tele2 have built out the networks in different countries and so on. Uh, why I ended up here uh, within Tele2 is because when I started school there, I went for in technical gymnasium here in Sweden. And right after that, I decided to go date and, and uh, teleco uh, uh, education, uh, where you actually each third month, though you for three months you were studying, and then for another three months you were at an uh, working at different companies and I ended up at Convict back then, today Tele2, uh, where I actually worked in different many places or in many different places there in the beginning though at the NOC, our network operation center. I went also to our service field engineers and uh, then I ended up at radio and I've been around there in many different roles uh, but now I'm responsible for building out the mobile network here in Sweden. Uh, but what is then mobile network? What, what, what do we have in Sweden? And this is the network we have today though. And before 2G here though, uh, we had 1G that was like analog uh, uh, mobile communication though that was local here in Sweden or in Sweden or in the Nordic uh, countries though. But 2G was the first global standard GSM that was supposed to be a worldwide uh, standard and also better coverage and better uh, quality to, to compared to earlier mobile networks. And it was designed for uh, talk, talking on the phone. That was what GSM was uh, designed to solve though, for us. You had some small GPRS there functions there in the beginning. You can. I don't know if you remember though, but you could, depending on how old you are and so on, but there were some uh, first cell phones that you could do some GPRS and do, do some web paging and so on though, but that was not so impressive today though, but then, back then it was really cool. Then a new standard, or back then in 2G, there were three operators in Sweden. It was Convic, Tele2 today. It was Europolitan who got bought up by Vodafone and now Telenor. And then Televerket or Telia, who uh, run the third network in Sweden. And that was the second generation. And that's what it stands for here, though. Second generation, third generation, fourth and fifth, though, which I'm coming into later. Third generation, 3G, uh, UMTS, uh, was launched in Sweden in uh, 2001. And there were four licenses available back then. And four operators 
left and won the competition there. And the operators that won and were able to build 3G in Sweden was Orange, Tria, Telenor, and Tele2. We were the four operators that got a license in Sweden back then. And we were really happy that we got a license, but we were even more happier that our biggest uh, competitor, Tela, didn't get a license back then because they weren't uh, so luckily in this auction or this competition about the license that actually took place back then. So we started building this, or our founder back then, uh, Jon Stenbeck, he realized that will he spend the money by himself building this network? Uh, money from his own pocket or should someone could share it with us. So he called up Marianne Niberto, who was the chairman uh, of the board in Telia and asked if they wanted to share this network to us and, and uh, split the network in half and uh, sharing the same coverage, same base station, uh, speed and you name it, everything would be shared between Tele2 customers and Tele customers, but we will also share the cost of building the network. So we did. So we started building a new network called Subnub back in Sweden, uh, back in then. And the same goes for Telenor 3 and Orange. Orange left uh, earlier here though, or way back, but 3 and Telenor are also sharing a joint venture uh, within 3G in Sweden. There are three national, uh, two national networks here on the 3G side, UMTS. Telia and Tele2 is running one, and 3 and Telenor is running the other one. And 3IGA or 3G was designed to take care of both voice and data. Uh, and in the beginning, there was only voice though, because data, no one knew what data was. And if mobile broadband didn't exist in the beginning here, that was something that came came in 2006 uh, that exploded the market. And uh, what happened then in 3G it was a rough start there. We had to build base stations out there, antennas uh, mounting on rooftops and so on. But no one wanted to have 3G back then because it was no one knew what to use it for. And they had 2G and they were happy with that. We took a while to build it out. Uh, and at the end there, everyone wanted to have 3G because that was the only thing you, you knew about mobile broadband and so on. Though. But the speed wasn't so good and the coverage wasn't so good either though on that frequency in 2100 megahertz. So at the same time, around 2010, a 4G network, uh, the fourth generation of mobile, it's 10 years approximately between these different generations in mobile communication. 4G was supposed to be launched in 2010. And Telia back then, the company we were running our joint venture with, uh, didn't want to build as much base stations that we wanted in uh, 3G network. So we said and that maybe they didn't want to build any more network with us in the future. And that was the that was it for them. They, they wanted to build their own networks. That's what they've been living from since day one, though they want to own their own networks and so on. Uh, but we saw the cost efficiency of sharing a network with someone else because then you could actually build base station out on the countryside far way out and share the cost and also have some uh, profitability in uh, customers and so on. Though. So that's why we shared and started a new joint venture here in 2010 with Telenor. Uh, and what we did back then in 2010 was that we went back to our 2G network, the GSM network that we built in the beginning of the 90s, took the base station there and merged them together. These two networks, Telenor and Tele2's network, merged together and we merged together to 
create a new joint venture with GSM, 2G, and 4G. So the frequency that we had on the 2G uh, band there, uh, 900 megahertz that we were using back then, the same frequency that we are using at the 4G network. So if you had 2G coverage, you will also have 4G coverage because it's in the same uh, frequency band. So we're starting that and building that out really fast. And in 2012, we had actually built entire Sweden and was covering more than 70% of the area in Sweden and 99, more than 99% of the population was covered with our, 2G network, uh, our 4G network back then. And the data volume here back in 2010 in Sweden was low then. Uh, we come, I don't know if you see my mark here, but it was not so much in the network. But during 2012, at the end of 2012, we had the same data volume in our 3G network as we were having in our 4G network. That had been taking 10 years to build up in our 3G network. It took one year to achieve in the 4G network because of the coverage was so much better in the 4G network and the speed was so much higher. So you could use more data and you could use the mobile broadband almost everywhere though compared to the 3G network where it was so so coverage and that's have done so we could have increased our portfolio when it comes to subscribers the data packet you had in the beginning though in the other operators were quite small but tel2 could add high data packets from the very beginning because we had such a good coverage and such a good speed in our network though, and the capacity in the network was great also. And why we have this and what's the background on uh, the mobile bro uh, broad broadband or the 5G network is up to come as well, though. but the base of everything is the frequencies. We have the low frequency band, 700 megahertz, 800 and 900 megahertz. Those bands are reaching far on the countryside, uh, they will reach a couple of miles out there. Uh, the higher bands, 1800, 2100, 2600, and the 3.7 or 3700 3, megahertz, those are covering smaller distance, but we have more bandwidth there. So those are great for cities, villages, where we have a lot of people. The, so you need to have a mixture of both these frequencies, low band and high band. That's how you build the, the network. Though. So on the countryside, you need the low band to reach far. And on the villages or cities, you need the high band for the capacity. So this is a mixture how you build the network. Though. And this year, we launched 5G. Uh, in Stockholm, Gothenburg, and Malmö, as the first operator in Sweden, uh, we beat the other two that have launched right after us. It was Telia the day after, and Tria a couple of days after that. Telenor hasn't launched yet, though, but they're on the way. They're sharing the same network as we, and people are asking, why haven't they launched? Because they have some other issues with their core network, though. So the whole full network needs to be ready for 5G before you can actually launch though. And that's something that we other have succeeded with. And what we have as the other don't have, that's that we have the frequencies 3.7 uh, gigahertz or 3,700 megahertz down here. Those frequencies we got 
by buying another company here during the spring this year, where we actually bought a company and added on with our existing frequencies. And we're coming up to 80 megahertz bandwidth. Uh, and the thing here, what I'm going to explain now with the frequencies is that everything that we broadcast on is on these frequencies. Depending on what we decide to broadcast, we can bro broadcast everything on 2G or 3G or 4G or 5G on all the fre fre different frequencies. But that's a mixture of how are the terminals out there? What are they supporting? And what are our customers demanding from us? And that's what we need to have this mix with 3G, 2G, and 4G, and now also 5G. And 5G here, though, we need to have more frequencies because our 4G network was running on 700, 800, 900, 1800, and 2600. These frequencies are out there already. And the 2100 band here, that's what we're using for our 3G network together with Telia. Uh, but the new frequencies that are up and coming and that the government is planning to auction out now in November this year, uh, it's on the 3.7 gigahertz band or 3,700 megahertz band. And that's, you need the bandwidth of 8 or 100 megahertz. That's what you use in 5G. In 4G, the bandwidth was uh, 20 megahertz. And on 3G, the bandwidth is 5 megahertz. So that's the difference between the different technologies here. The 3G, the third generation, the bandwidth on one frequency is 5 megahertz. On 4G, it's 20. And on 5G, it's 100. And we can't get 100 here, down here on the 7, 8, 900, because we don't have, the spectrum is not wide enough. The only spectrum is wide enough to reach 100 megahertz uh, bandwidth is on these frequencies up here on the 3.7 gigahertz band or 3,700 megahertz band. So that's why it's important to have that. And we have that. And we offer today speed above 1.5 gigabit in Stockholm. Uh, in Malmö and Gothenburg, we don't have that license. We can only reach up until 500 megahertz, uh, megabit per second in that 5G network. But what is 5G then? 5G is actually the fifth generation, of course. But what, what are we going to use it to? The big thing here that everyone was talking about, have talked a long time about now, is gaming. And we saw if the ones that were following Apple's uh, release of the new iPhone 12 yesterday, so that they brought up better gaming experience. And yes, it will be better gaming experience, because there are two things, or one thing, actually, that have been uh, some like setback set for gaming with cell phones in 3G and 4G network. And it's the latency. The latency in the network, when you're trying to ping something, this, the response time is what it is. It's so much faster in 5G compared to 4G. The 5G network, when it comes to ping timing and uh, response time though, is almost the same as we have today in the fiber network. So with 5G, you don't need fiber anymore because that will be the same though. And the speed will also be the same uh, for you to be using. So gaming will explode there. You don't need to sit next to a Wi-Fi at home or hooked up to a, a long cable or whatever. Now you can be portable with your iPhone or whatever phone you have, Samsung or whatever, and be gaming a lot. And that's something that people think will explode. And that will do 
So the data volume will increase even more though when people are gaming uh, through our mobile network. And then we will build out even more sites for sure in the network. And not only for gaming industry, it will be also, we can stream high resolutions of course though. There will be no buffering or, or whatever because it will be so fast. You will have the one point gigabit speeds for downloading a movie or whatever you will download. But also that will be something is that on bigger arenas today though, we have the till two arena today in Sweden and we're so proud of it with the speed that you can get there. But with 5G, it will be even better though, uh, if you want to share more uh, broadcast uh, TV during watching a game or whatever and who want to do that and so on. But people are, because so maybe the uh, football game is boring though, you don't know. Uh, the other things that could be used for that, this also is business customers, more private networks for business customers though. If uh, some factory somewhere need to have their own network where they don't want the data from their service gonna go bouncing into Stockholm and back to whatever this factory is somewhere out in Sweden, they can go from the server directly from their server into the mobile network on site on their premises up there and then out on the cell phone or whatever uh, robot or whatever they will run on uh, 5G. So there will be a lot of things with 5G uh, that will enable uh, new things that we haven't seen. And a lot of questions I get, what are we going to use 5G for and what, what are we going to have this for and so on. Today, the network is fine with 4G, except for gaming though, when they have their response time. But what we offer now with 5G or what the standard or the, the mobile industry is offering with 5G is stuff that we people can't think about today. But there will be a lot of different uh, apps or whatever that will be used with 5G and will help us in the future though. Whatever things that are going to be hooked up in the home or whatever. But there will be a lot of things that will be hooked up. And the thing here that people are talking about already now is what in when 5G is out there, why do I need Wi-Fi then? And that's a good question. Why do I need Wi-Fi? Because 5G is much better than Wi-Fi and also more uh, secured than a local Wi-Fi that's from a cafe or whatever. You never know what who can watch you on the other side and so on. So 5G is so much more than just speed and uh, reliability and uh, response time. It's uh, a complete new standard that is designed to take care of a lot of customers, but in a secure way. The site-to-site -site distance in Stockholm city is 50 to 100 meters between the base stations today. And all of this will be added on with 5G. So we will use the existing network from our 2G, 4G network that we have already and add on 5G equipment on these base stations. And at the same time though, what is driving us here actually though, it's not just to push out 5G to customers, it's that we need 5G for the data volume that we expect in the future. We, every year now, year by year, the data consumption in Sweden increased by 30%. And to handle that in the 4G network, we need to start building capacity there as well. And that's the driver in the whole thing now. 
we're modernizing the whole 4G network here. We're gonna replace all the hardware out there today uh, with new hardware where it supports more capacity in the 4G network, but also enabling 5G at the same time. Uh, so the capacity in the 4G network will be between 50 to 200% more by each site, but also enabling 5G on each site as well. And at the same time we are doing this, we will close down our 3G network that we have with Telia. Uh, we have approximately around 7,000 sites, uh, a little bit more than that, with Telia in our Sunab network. And all those sites have to be closed down before the end of 2025, because that's when we uh, are licensed to broadcast on the 2100 megahertz band uh, appear. So we need to we need to turn it back to the government. Uh, but up until then, we have to close down all those sites. Uh, we will take away the equipment and so on. But all those sites, around 3,000 of them, will be added into our 2G, 4G network uh, and 5G network to handle the capacity then. So the sites are out there today. A lot of people have been talking about with 5G, we're going to see sites everywhere and we're going to be each uh, 500 meter, one kilometer in between, we will have base station. That's not going to happen. We will reuse the same site that we've had since the beginning of the 90s. We have done that so many times now for 3G, for 4G, and now for 5G. But now when we're combining the network, we will actually take away a lot of base station equipment out there, merging them together uh, with only one network for us, the net for mobility that we share with Telenor, where we will run 2G, 3G, 4G, and 5G in the future. So that's the, the how to say, the plan for us now going forward. So we've started, uh, and today though, the 5G network is like this in Sweden. It's only in the beginning in, in the central part of Stockholm. Uh, the plan is to build even some more, of course, but why we are not like expanding more is because we're waiting to get the frequency auction here in November. All operators are waiting for that to get the license though, for real. We have the frequencies for Stockholm here for this region. But we want to make sure that we after the auction is having them also in the future. So that's why we're taking it a little bit careful now. And that's why also no one else is pushing it. But we are the only operator today that can offer 5G for real uh, because we have the frequencies already. We bought the company. Uh, so we are in the lead within Tele2. And we've been there for many years now. We were first operator in the world uh, with a joint venture on the 3G, uh, combining the net or building a network together with another company. And we were also first in Sweden uh, when it comes to 4G national coverage. And we were first in Sweden with 5G, uh, uh, official 5G launch for customers in Sweden. So till two, uh, just to, to make a commercial of that company, is a great uh, company to work for. Uh, and why is that? That's because we have our values uh, as a foundation of what to work, how to decide for stuff and so on. And uh, so that will support us uh, during the day and during the way forward also. So that was a quick, quick glance of what Tele2 is all about and what 5G is all about also.
Perfect, Bjorn. That was a, a lot of great information. I think everyone has a better overview of now of what 5G is. First question um, up, what did you study again? So how did you get into this career path? I, I went to technical gymnasium uh, first in, in uh, three years. Uh, and then after that, I went to this data and telecom uh, two and a half year education, like kind of a almost a university, but not hasn't wasn't back then, but now it is though, classi classified like that. But now it was a you were it was a two and a half year program where you were studying for three months and working for three months though. So the company I'm not saying owe you uh, own you, but you could choose whatever company though. But uh, you could if you didn't like the company you were working with, you can change uh, not for another period and so on. But that was at the same place because I loved it so much. Perfect. Next question then: um, How does Sweden stand in contrast to the rest of the tech world? But. We've been behind uh, when it comes to 5G, but a lot of companies or countries are, and that's because of the frequencies aren't available in Sweden. Uh, you call the frequencies that we need to get to these speeds, though, uh, is on the 3.5 to 3.7 gigahertz band, uh, the C band even called. Uh, those bands have in Sweden been handed out to other for like, different communes, we Tele2 have some of the band already. Uh, different en energy companies have it to broadcast whatever whatever they want to have. And a lot of other companies have some also military things on these bands. So companies need to reshuffle uh, around these frequencies to open up for the the whole spectrum to be available. And the whole spectrum in Sweden will not be available until mid-22, uh, I think, in 2022, I think the frequencies are wide uh, available. But that's why we bought this company also, because we thought that it was better to sit on these frequencies before the auction here in Sweden uh, than standing here in November though and starting to bidding on everything and you don't know where to land and so on. But now we have it already and we have secured 5G in Sweden up until 2022 for us in Stockholm, for example. Uh, after the auction, depending on what we land and so on, we will solve it though. But now we have done so we can launch before the actual uh, auction with the frequency. And that's been, uh, the other companies aren't happy, the other operators in Sweden aren't so happy about us because of that, because we bought this company in front of the eyes of Telia, who was very interested in buying this company as well. Though. But with our values and where we stand and how quick we are when it comes to opportunities, we bought it in front of their nose and we're really happy that that, that happened, of course. So, But we're a little bit behind, uh, but a lot of company, uh, a lot of countries are though. US are in the lead here though, but they, they have been so far behind in both 3G and 4G. So it's great that they're up on track now with 5G. And also, of course, Asia is very early with uh, 5G as well, of course. How does the auction process work for network communication companies? Do you have a certain standard a network company should meet? Uh, do you have a certain standard a network company should meet? Yes, this auction that we have right now, though, is very, it's like any other auction, though. But the only thing that is different now from this time is that 
with 5G, it's the first time the government actually is putting on security before you. We need to be secured or uh, have a secured stamp until two that we that we are secured when it comes to a lot of different questions. We need to fulfill a lot of different bullets here when it comes to secure network, how to operate and so on. Uh, and that's because 5G is or will be the future for communication. And you can do so much with it. So that's why they want to be sure that no one else though from another, from another country, I'll say, can come in and read or whatever we do though. So that's been a process that we're amid, just writing and working with. But at the auction then, uh, when that is taking place, when we get allowed to be in there, uh, that's gonna be an auction first for the bandwidth, how much spectrum you can buy. And when that has landed, we will go into a second auction where we decide where in the frequency band will we land with whatever spectrum that we have. So it will be, that's the setup to it. But other, this is different from different times, so depending on different frequencies. So during 2100 megahertz, then back then there were no auctions. Then they had a beauty contest and said, who promised to build the most in shortest time will get a license. That was the, back then in 2001. But now they want to have, the, the government wants money and now we have to bid on it. So that's different angles. Yeah, it's very interesting how the process has changed. What is the weakness of 5G or what is it not suitable for? So a more general question this time. Whoa. Uh, there, there will be difference. 5G will be different with peak uh, peak speed rates or speed rates when for peaks. When we talked about the frequencies here, I said on the countryside we have 700, 800 and 900 band. It's uh, showing, giving coverage on the countryside when we had the high bands in the city and 3.7 gigahertz or the C band or the 3.5 to 3.8 though it's, it's a wide band here that will not give coverage on the countryside so the peak rates that we're talking about there and a lot of people are talking about that now when it comes to 5G is that 5G will only be in cities will only be in urban areas and yes when it comes to speeds over one gigabit per second maybe the thing is that in the city there are so many people living so we need the the high bandwidth for taking care of the capacity on the countryside we have that 700 800 and 900 band that will be used for 5g in the future you will have the same latency uh, response time ping time uh, but you will not come up to the same peak rates when it comes to if i'm going up in the middle of the night when no one is using the network i can come up to maybe five, 600 gigabytes on the countryside, but in the Stockholm city or during the nighttime when no one is uh, awake and I do the run, run the same thing, I can come up to one point or two gigabytes per second. So that will be the difference. So the speed will be different, but then again, what do I need two gigabytes per second when I can get 500 gigabytes per second? And at the same time, during the peak here of the, uh, of the day to around whatever that is, around eight, nine, uh, 10 o'clock, during the evening, then you will have pretty much the same average speed in the network, both on countryside and in the city. Not now in the beginning, because now it's empty, but when we load, start loading up the network. 
Uh, next question. How long do you think it would take for 5G to be a fully functional network in Sweden? There's lots of good questions from yeah, the viewers today. This is like uh, answering from some journalists because they're asking the same question. But it will take some time. Uh, we will. The driver here, as I said, was capacity. The first city that we'll get or the first sites that we will modernize in the 4G network will get 5G, of course. And the first one we will modernize in the 4G network are the sites that have capacity issues or we see that we need to do something before the 4G customers will start complaining about the speed. But it will take some years to do this. We need to replace all the sites out there though with new equipment. It will take maybe three years before the whole Sweden is covered with 5G. So about three years before it's covered. Okay. Yeah. Would 5G solve the problem of the network not working when riding the train or subway? Yes, it, it will. It will. But we need to build 5G down there. And in the subway, we want to have this 3.7 gigahertz band down there because that can handle so much more traffic. Today, the problem with the 4G network in subway today is that when a full train comes into a station or in a tunnel or whatever, and need to do a handover to the next cell in the tunnel, we can't handle 500 or whatever people sitting on a train uh, streaming video and then at the same time another train is coming from the other side and so on. So, so we have, yes, we have problem. It, it will be better, but it will take some time to get uh, 3.7 out down there. Uh, it took quite some while to get 4G down there and 4G is not built out uh, all over yet. We have it on the train stations in the subway, but in some of the long tunnels in Stockholm City, we need to add a few uh, base stations along the way. And that's something that we work with right now, but because of 5G and it's coming up so fast, we're already now, when we talk about adding these 4G sites, we're planning with 5G, so that's why it takes a little longer. But we don't want to do a job now with 4G, which is almost past us when 5G is around the corner. So we need to prepare for 5G. But 5G will be better for us, though. What is the most interesting thing about working with telecom? It's people think like, "What, Bjorn? You're so boring. You've been working with the same thing for 25 years." But hey. Every 10 years, it's a new standard. The 2G came in the beginning of the 90s. 3G came with a whole new setup. 4G came and blew the market with, and I didn't say what 4G was designed for. It was only data in the beginning. But now with Volta, the voice over LTE, you can have a voice call in the 4G network as well. And now 5G is coming. So different techniques, and that's why it's so great working with technique. You can see on the market side or on the sales side or whatever, people are changing on and off and on and on. Uh, but on the tech side in these companies, you are the same group that almost started here in the 90s. Of course, they're adding on people though, but a lot of people are sitting long here. And that's rare in the tech business though, but that's because in telco, uh, we have this 10 year roadmap though with new techniques and so on. So talking, now we're rolling out 5G, when 4G is at its peak though. So we need still need to take care of 4G for a couple of years, for four or five years. Same time building out 5G and then closing down 3G and then the joint venture that we have. We have also with Intel 2 expanded into Russia. We, I've been, I've been built network in the Baltics, in the Russia, 
in Kazakhstan, in Croatia, in Switzerland, in uh, Luxembourg, in Netherlands. So I've been around a lot of different countries of building networks. So but just with the it's easy question. The generations shift that we have every 10 years. That's why it's so important. Uh, I think it's fun. It sounds like it must be quite exciting to be working there. I mean, if you've been there for 25 years, you did your internship, you stayed there. There must be something yeah, exciting that's keeping you there all the time. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm stuck though. But then also I'm very interested. And the thing is that coverage in Sweden and like the questions I get here, for example, that why isn't working in subway? Everyone is so involved in uh, mobile telephony. Everyone is using it now. In the beginning, okay, you were talking on the phone and I could hang up and I knew it wasn't working along this road or whatever. But now with date, like you're sitting there, if you're reading an email or whatever you're doing, you need a connection. Uh, of course, emailing is easy. I can just send and then it could be sent out uh, half an hour later. So. But now with the streaming, everything need to work so perfect all the time or else you will have complaints. And as soon as I show up on some party or whatever and they hear that I'm working with uh, building a mobile network, right? everyone wants to have their own tower or mast uh, next to them because they want some improvement, whatever, if it's on the countryside or at home or whatever. But it's, uh, and now with sitting at home, though, as I'm doing now, I'm running everything through the 4G network right now at home. I don't have fiber because I don't think it's, I will never pay for fiber. Uh, the mobile network delivered better. So of course it works uh, great now. And with 5G, it will be even, even better. I know my kids complain sometimes about latency, but they're young still though, they're around 10. So they haven't experienced the gaming so far when I know that pro are doing but then they need the latency. But that's what they're gonna get before they grow up and even gonna complain more about it. <laughs> yeah. Were you always interested in technology when growing up? Has this been an area that's always fascinated you? Yes, but I didn't know anything about mobile telephony when I grew up. That was something that just bumped into during the way here. And why I picked Convict back then before other companies, because I didn't know anything about them more than they were building out telephony then. And my dad had a cell phone in the car, though. That was pretty much it, an NMP one that was noisy and wasn't the best one that was what i experienced by mobile telephony before i started but why i picked convic is because i am living south of sweden or south of stockholm in tumba i was grow up i grew up in tumba and driving into stockholm back then uh, convic had her head office in Vestertorp, and when the traffic started the jamming of the coming into city that's where you draw up the highway and into Comic. so it was just a 10 minute ride no traffic jam or anything was perfect everything else needed to go into the city though and then you had to sit in traffic jam and whatever so that's why i choose Comic back then but also because the company itself it was very young and uh, fast forward and uh, yeah all the values that it was around was something but technology, yes, I was interested in it, but not mobile telephony. I didn't know anything about except I was playing with that phone and card or something. How did you get into this area? I guess you sort of covered that a little bit now. Yeah, because the, that two and a half year that I did the data and telecode, tele and data and telecode, it was, even if I'm, some of the education was just 
screwing around with computers and so on. Maybe that wasn't it. But the telco thing that we were handling, though, it was more, a lot of this. That was something that I hooked me up for sure. Yeah. I was late, though. I, I was late. I started Tele2 on my birthday when I was 20 years old. So I've been around for 25 years now, which is scary thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> see what the next question is uh what plan do you have for mobile communication network companies specifically at tele2 in case you get hacked or has that ever happened before yeah but we, we have been hacked uh, earlier though in the beginning there all the companies have been hacked but tele2 has also been in the lead here when it comes to secure uh, connections and uh, building a secure network uh, and also though these hack attacks that have been uh, taking place though, we have actually come out really well in that. Uh, so, so, but we have a plan. Uh, we have a, a specific group working with it abroad and we have it within radio department, we have it in core, we have it in mobile, we have it in IT and so on. So a lot of, a lot of uh, things now are uh, working with this because in the beginning, though, when I started in Kyoto, this was nothing we talked about. Uh, but at the end here now, during the way, like 10 years back, this is something that is up on the agenda for good now. It's been increasing. See if we have any more questions left. Oh, one more question. Lucky last. Okay. Uh, why did you choose Tele2 when you first started your career? Uh, and I wanted to work with cell phones. I was sure for that. And Telia was a big one in, in Stockholm back then. Uh, Konvik, who was where I started, or who merged together with Tele2 uh, in 98, was the other one. Ericsson was uh, one that I was thinking about as well, because it was very good on the south side of Stockholm back then, uh, because it was close to home uh, where I lived. But Kongvik on the interview there, because I went to interview in, in many different places uh, when I had to choose. And Kongvik, I was, I don't know why, but it was the, the mobile telephony was exploding back then in 95. Everyone had one and I wanted one myself. And I think I, I had one that year, though the first Ericsson 337, it was like, I had it. I, I was cutting it out in Dorian's New Year because it was a uh, full uh, size, so you can see how small it was compared to the old one. Though, uh, so it was amazing. So I should. I knew from the beginning I'm gonna work with an operator because I want a cell phone. That's why I started. I needed a cell phone. It was cool. Maybe other people could apply for internships at Tally Two Two, and they might be. They're 25 years later as well. It sounds yeah, like an interesting exactly. place to work. So, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, Tattoo is a great company to work with. Uh, the values uh, has been around. Of course, they they you twist and depending on what how the society looked and so on. But it's the same baseline always. I've always been. So that's so easy to if you adopt to that in the beginning in a company, it could be anywhere. Though. If you feel like the values are there from the very beginning, then you can hook up for good. But if you think the values aren't matching you, then it's no, no big deal to be left there because then you will be feeling, it won't be easy for you to work there because you will feel strange in decision-taking because it doesn't match how you 
what you stand for. So that's why it's been a value-driven company. It's easy to work with if you match with the values that they have. So that's a suggestion I have for everyone because I, now these are my values that I'm standing for, but all companies have these values and it's easy to just uh, check around and see it or Google it. Uh, but if that's something that maps you, uh, then you're hooked for good. But then one uh, thing, uh, just uh, a lot of companies have the values, but they don't live at them also. So you must be sure when you're there, like, are they living the values? You see that really fast. Though. And uh, if they do, then that's great. If they don't, then they will not be successful. Um, that will be tough because the, the employees uh, will be misled and they will take wrong decisions or whatever because they don't match up to it. So it's it's going to be uh, bad for the company. I think that's some very good uh, life advice in general then. Make sure it matches your values where you go and make sure they're actually living their values as well. I have one last question. Mm -hmm. So uh, what tip do you have to teenagers that are about to pick an educational path now, either high school or university? Uh, I didn't go university. I'm happy I didn't because a lot of people think that it's, it's so important that I need to go to a university. But the thing is that what you learn at the university is nothing that you will use in where you work. You go university, you go school, you go everywhere to learn how to learn. Doesn't matter what you are, uh, what you're, if you're doing whatever. But of course, it's good if you're doing tech, if you want to be interested in tech and whatever or whatever. But all this thing, all the studying you're doing is to learn how to learn. When you come into the company, you need to start on zero again, and then you will learn up there. Everything that you study in school or whatever, I haven't used anything of that uh, working. Uh, everything I <laughs> have now is I've been learning at work. But of course, the thing I'm learning at work is the way I learned in school, though, pretty much. And I, of course, I, it changed during the way, though. But it's more of a learning. That's why I need to go to different. But then also, some educations out there are very like people some companies think it's very important uh, that you have a good uh, education and so on for me when i'm taking in uh, employees it's the social skills 100 percent. social skills 100 percent for me i don't give a shit what you've studied that's me uh, i of course i read what you've studied and see that you're interested in this and that and so on but the social skill is 100%. That's the most important thing. But that's me. Other can take other suggestions. So, but that's just the way it is. I guess we're coming to the end of the talk now. Um, so thank you so much for sharing all about 5G and different career opportunities and other general life advice as well. So it's been extremely helpful. I'm sure people have learned a lot. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us again today and hope to see you next week. And thank you so much again, Bjorn.